right, welcome back to Cats Protection Shelter Medicine Podcast, and this is already episode two. Can you believe it? Yay. My name's Sandra Mervin. I'm the education vet, and with me I've got Lucinda. Hello, <laughs> I'm the field veterinary officer for the east of England. Yes, and today's podcast is going to be about kitten neutering, quite an important um, job that we need to do on both our sides and also obviously the veterinary side. So I thought before we go any further, listen, I've got a lot of questions for you later, but yeah. I think first of all, I'm just going to try and highlight a couple of important points on neutering. And for the sake of this podcast, if we do mention neutering, we're talking about both spaying and neutering. So basically we're calling it a unisex kind of procedure just to make sure it makes it easier. Um, we do know obviously that there's thousands of unwanted cats in the UK, unfortunately, and a lot of those coming through cats protection as well. So one of our main things or main aims is basically that we're trying to champion, champion um, the neutering message and especially obviously kitten neutering as well. Neutering is widely recognised as the only effective way to reduce the number of unwanted cats um, being born in the UK. And we all know how effective cats are as breeders. So making sure that kittens uh, that cats are neutered is obviously really, really important as well. They're quite prolific breeders, really, aren't they? They're on a par with rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And obviously, aside from preventing unwanted kittens, neutering also has plenty of other health benefits as well. So, for example, it reduces the risk of mammary tumours. It ensures that females don't get pyometras. In the males, there should be less roaming, which means that they're hopefully less likely to be run over by a car, less likely to get into fights, which can lead to things like abscesses or also um, the spreading of infectious diseases like FELV and FIV as well. I think it's interesting because I think we always think of pyometras being with dogs like your Friday yeah. pyo, but I have seen a fair few pyos in, Same here. in cats, yeah. so it, it definitely does happen. Absolutely, yeah. And as always, cats hide it really well, they isn't do. it? So you tend to yeah. see them quite late in the, in the disease process. Um, so here at Cats Protection, we basically recommend that kit, cats, kittens are neutered at four months of age or younger. Um, and that's basically, so I mean, in some of the, our pl clinics, for example, we do it as soon as after the first vaccination, really, yep. isn't it? So yep. again, we'll go into a bit more detail in that later. And it's interesting to see that in the PDSA's poor report of 2018, 57% of veterinary professionals say that they routinely recommend neutering at four months of age. And I think that's really encouraging, but it also shows that obviously we still need to try and make sure that number does increase to make sure we don't have those unwanted litters between four and six months of age in kittens. So kitten neutering is proven to be safe and effective, and there's no sh um, evidence to show that it inhibits growth or causes urinary problems. Um, and experiences show that kittens resume their normal activities and routines after surgery much more quickly than adult cats. And again, I think that's something that you've definitely experienced. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just to give you an idea of neutering numbers, so in cats protection alone, we've neutered 153,000 cats in 2017, which included 21,000 ferals. So that's a lot of cats. And you have to remember, obviously, that there's still other charities out there doing very similar work to us as well. And yet, despite all of this works and all these um, efforts that we do, also our um, voucher scheme that we have for sort of subsidised neutering, etc., we're still overrun by kittens every single year as well, isn't it? I think that figure of 21,000 feral cats being neutered is Crazy, astonishing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. You don't really think of there being that many, that many cats. feral cats That's in right. England. And those are just the ones that actually were trapped as yeah. well, because they're not easy to just, you know, to get hold of, no. is it? You don't just pop down the road and get yourself a feral to neuter, <laughs> do you? It's a very long-winded process. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think research, obviously, in, in 2009 was published that found that 60 of, out of um, 660 owned female cats, there were 110 unplanned litters of kittens, and that basically only 66 percent 
can't even speak anymore, that only 66% of cats aged 6 to 12 months were neutered, which I think is quite a high figure, isn't it? Yeah. It's like where you think, you know, 110 unplanned litters out of 660 female cats, that's massive. Yeah. Um, and again, the research that we're discussing today's podcast and also some of the information that we've got will be all um, as links in the show notes, so do make sure you have a look. And if you've got any queries, obviously, you know, do get in touch as well. We also know from later research that many cat owners are largely unaware of the reproductive capacity of cats. So again, as we said earlier, there are prolific breeders and owners just don't realize you know, how quickly and how easily they can pop out a litter of kittens. And again, that highlights also the need for us to educate cat owning public, you know, both in the veterinary profession and also you know, from within charities as well to try and prevent unplanned litters. I think it's worth highlighting that it is actually, I find it really sad when we have cats coming in that are only four months old themselves, Absolutely. pregnant, probably with their second litter, That's already right. in really poor condition, yeah. the, the litter and the kittens inevitably are in poor condition themselves. And I, I do find that really sad. And yeah. they're only sort of babies From themselves. From a welfare really. point of view, yeah. it's really disheartening, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to mention that um, in 2014, the RSPCA actually produced a really interesting report called Tackling the Cat Crisis. Um, and that report found that the number of cats entering the charity's care increased by 8% um, between 2010 and 2012, and that the number of new homes that took in cats actually declined by 10%, it's which figures, is a really it? scary yeah. figure. Um, so I think probably based on that, the RSPCA commissioned new research to understand more about why some people do and others do not neuter their cats. And I think that's a really interesting area of work. One of the key findings that the owners um, delayed neutering was because of the incorrect belief that cats should be allowed to have a litter of kittens. And I think certainly when I was in um, normal practice, they found, I often found that people are like, oh, I just want them to have a a litter of kittens. That's that's really important that they do that. And I think that's a real area of educating the public that indeed that is is a belief that's that's not correct. I think also a lack of understanding about the age at which cats can actually get pregnant um, and resulting in a high number of unplanned litters is also an important area of education. We know that cats can hit puberty from around four months of age, which is why we're still seeing such a huge number of female kittens having their first litter before they're six months old themselves. And that's a real area where we're really trying to work on getting that message out that, in fact, Yes, you get your cat vaccinated, but actually from around that point of time that that vaccination program's sort of finished and they've had their second vaccination, they can start to get pregnant, that's so right. you can't let them out yeah. at that stage. I think the other thing also that's another myth is that people don't realise that brothers and sisters can actually make it, isn't it? Definitely. so common yeah, that we definitely. see that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, education is definitely key, and that's also you know a multi-pronged approach, isn't it, from yeah. these different sources that that informa- information needs to come from. Yeah. So the report then detailed the findings of the research and and set out um, a number of solutions. So they suggested that one of the main aims is to work to ensure that all veterinary practices are promoting and practicing neutering at four months of age, um, that all rescue centres should be adopting policies to neuter prior to rehoming, which is really important to us. Absolutely. And to refocus the neutering education campaigns to ensure that we reposition neutering as an act of caring and uh, and that of a loving cat owner and actually a responsible cat owner Definitely, as well. Yeah. 
um, we need to really try and get that myth of the one litter dispelled really and to really work on collaborations between animal welfare and rescue organisations and the veterinary profession and the housing associations um, through community outreach programmes to target the audience that are less likely to neuter. So really working together as a team. Um, and just to encourage pro bono support by veterinary professions to further animal welfare. Because it yeah. is a welfare implication Absolutely. for four months old yep. to be having litters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really interesting report. And like we say, we'll put that link on the show notes. For sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think also on that point as well, I think with regards to the collaboration, I think we're doing a lot of work on that as well, isn't it, at the moment with our community neutering officers yeah. being out on the streets, getting involved in various different projects and doing a lot of work behind the scenes so to actually gauge what the cat work. problem yeah. in the UK is and how better that can be addressed and how to change human behaviour basically as well to try and affect you know, the neutering messages being implemented and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, we have an amazing neutering team who are working day in, day out to really try and um, promote the idea and the concept of kitten neutering to everyone they can. Really. That's right, yeah. We're going to get them on, on the podcast as well in yeah. due course, isn't it, and make yeah. sure we've got some interviews with them because I think you'll find what they do absolutely fascinating yeah. as well. So, Lucinda, what are some of the concerns about neutering earlier and what has sort of research shown in this area? So I think there's a few concerns that people have about kitten neutering and ultimately I hope what we what we get from the end of this podcast is actually kitten neutering is amazing <laughs> and it's not something to be worried or apprehensive about. So I think probably from the the more nursing side of 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 the sort of concerns is the risk of anaesthetizing the younger kittens. Um the concerns are about hypothermia, hypoglycemia, and the risk of the general anaesthetic itself. Um, however, good pre and post op care really massively reduces these risks to the point that they're they're minimal, really. And the general anaesthetics we have now are are far safer than sort of ever before. And there's lots of different drug protocols that are available and can be utilised to help lower the risk of of anaesthetising. And I think once you've done a few, you'll realise that actually it's nothing to be scared or worried about. Um, And actually, it's a much shorter anaesthetic. So, you know, you'll probably be settling down into it and your surgeon will go, right, I'm done now. (laughs) And you'll be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Another concern is um, the cat's behaviour in the future. However, the the current research isn't showing any um, associated problems with this. There were concerns about growth and development of kittens that were neutered earlier, but again, the the studies show no problem when neutering, even as early as seven weeks. And the studies have shown that there is a potential for delayed growth plate closure, which can result in a longer leg length, but actually there's no increased incidence of bone fractures. and the cat doesn't mind if its legs a little bit longer. Could be models, can yeah. be cat models. <laughs> um, there was potential concerns about urinary tract blockages due to potentially reducing the urethral diameter in a, a kitten neutered cat. But again, these concerns were unfounded, and they've shown that the um, diameter is similar to that in a post neutered animal who was neutered, say, at six months. So that's nothing to be concerned about either. And finally, I guess one thing to discuss is that the people have raised potential concerns about the stress in cats that are home vaccinated and neutered within a short period of time. There isn't any scientific data available, but the general agreement among veterinary surgeons 
um, is that procedures where possible should be separated to minimise potential problems such as sort of you reduced immunity or increased adverse reactions caused by stress but again in my experience I haven't really come across any problems associated with this and actually there's a an ever-growing body of evidence that addresses the concerns discussed and puts sort of um, puts to bed some of these concerns really. And we'll pop a link on the Kind database, which is the kitten neutering database, in the show notes, where we can provide the supporting evidence that we've briefly touched on. So, yeah. again, it's amazing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're definitely on convert, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> And also just on that note, I want to mention the Cat Population Control Group, which is the CPCG for short. It's not an easy name, that's definitely a tongue twister there. <laughs> and basically the Cat Population Control Group is a number of charities that are working together under this umbrella. Um, and basically they're trying to maximize the effectiveness of cat neutering through collaboration on both research, but also joint projects and coordination of activities. Because um, obviously we can't also achieve this work without the help of vets, so we definitely encourage any new and budding um, vets to get in involved as early as they can and basically the key to preventing more unplanned litters of kittens um, is obviously to make sure that we neuter earlier as we said you know the four month neutering to make sure we, we close that gap between four and six months where so many cats get pregnant as well the cpcg has been working to provide a one shop stop another tongue twister for vets <laughs> um, who are already neutering from four months of age or are still neutering at six but are keen to introduce earlier neutering so neutering before the age of six months so i think that's the other thing also if people are nervous about going from six months to four months you can always start you know doing it five months first can't you for a while yeah. and then if you're comfortable with that then go down to four months isn't it and also um what's probably worth highlighting here is if that you do have concerns on the um, KIND database, which we briefly mentioned, there is the option of um, being a kitten neutering champion That's where right. you can provide support for practices which are just starting to do it. Um, so you can get support that way. And likewise, if you feel really confident and you're happy with kitten neutering, you can put yourself and your practice forward as a kitten neutering champion. Exactly. I mean, there's other really good links on there as well. So there's Again, we're going to make all of these available in the show notes, but there's links to articles of um, to give you sort of scientific evidence for support, supporting four-month neutering. Um, we've also got a link to the suggested anaesthetic protocol there and a quick reference format. Again, we'll address that in a minute. There's also a video actually produced by Vets for Vets, which takes you through the, neuter um, the neutering surgery and the procedure, so you can actually see step-by-step step how quick and easy it is, yeah. isn't it? Which I think is really helpful. Yeah. Um, as I said, it'll link to the kitten neutering database and then also give you other resources that are available for you to actually help train your team. Because I think even if you're on board as a vet, it sometimes isn't always that easy necessarily to convert the rest of the team as yeah. well, isn't it? It is a process that I think has to be done together and collaboratively yeah, within the veterinary team, isn't it? Um, so yeah, just going on to the kitten neutering principles, I know we've been talking about that for a bit now, Lucinda, but you've obviously neutered quite a few, so let's say what, hundreds, thousands, if that, <laughs> not quite ten, tens of thousands, right? <laughs> and you've neutered from younger than four months of age yeah. even, so, and sometimes even what, does nine is eight, eight or nine, nine weeks, yeah. perfect, yeah. So what are the things that you actually um, do around the sort of surgery procedure to make sure it's as safe as possible and things that you consider? So I think one of the main things to consider are that we know that these are younger animals with juvenile immune systems. So it's really important that we um, allocate time at the beginning of the day, early in the day, to get these guys done before the other operations. Um, and that also allows us time for them to um, have that 
post-operative time with us and check everything's okay. In terms of feeding wise, um, we need to only really withhold food for up to three hours maximum before the surgery and we don't need to withhold water. We offer food as early as possible after recovery um, so that we're dealing with that hypoglycemia. I normally use the quad protocol which contains midazolam which is brilliant because it gives them the munchies and they wake <laughs> up hungry and they eat and it's it's perfect really. We do keep the litter mates together both preoperatively and postoperatively that helps um, keep the recovery process smoother it reduces stress um, and also it helps with keeping them nice and warm right. we always have heat mats in with them so that that hypothermia concern is negated we try and keep them as calm as possible however you will see when you start doing it, especially if you're doing this the sort of eight nine week old kittens that they're they're just little lunatics before the operation and then as soon as they're all awake they're little lunatics after the operation and we we are um, always using feline forts so that they've got somewhere to hide somewhere to get up to, up high with um, and as soon as they're awake they're launching themselves off using that it as a jungle gym, yeah, they? they're just having a whale of a time with them and I think that's a really important thing to consider having if you are going to be doing kitchen neutering but also if just you're in every single cat patient really is to have somewhere to hide be that a cardboard box or a feline fort because it's amazing what a difference it does make just like with any operation it's really important that we do have an accurate weight but especially with these guys because they are a little bit smaller and the calculation doses are based on body surface area we always make sure that we weigh them on the day of the operation so we've got a accurate weight for them just so we can get that dosing um, as perfect as possible um, and like I say in terms of the hypothermia um, concerns we keep them nice and warm with heat mats but also you need to obviously clip appropriately to maintain sterility but you don't need to clip a massive That's patch right. um, and we don't need to get them excessively wet, wet in that prepping time um, if if you really need to when you're feeling the um, abdomen if there is a large bladder then you can express that just to try and make the, the surgery a little bit safer what I would say in terms of the surgery is that it is amazing you especially with the cat space I think because normally if you're doing like a chunky six month old you know you make your incision don't you and then you wade through the subcutaneous fat to try and find right. your muscles yeah. and then you get through the muscle and then you're wading through more fat to try <laughs> and find the uterus whereas with these guys you do your little incision, there's not as much subcut fat, so that's fine. You can visualise your muscle fine. You open up the abdomen, there's barely any fat any fat at all. You look in and then you just pluck out your uterus. It's really simple and very, very easy. So that's why I absolutely love it. What I would say is when you open up the abdomen, don't be alarmed if a little bit more um, abdominal fluid comes out than perhaps you would expect with, say, a six-month-old. They do tend to have a little bit more abdominal fluid, but it's nothing to be alarmed about. You haven't gone into the bladder. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's always worth mentioning yeah. that beforehand, isn't it? Um, and I would just say that with um, my kitten neutrings, I do do intradermal stitches just because they're going back as a litter. That's and right. if you're putting in external sutures, they tend to like to have a little suck and a nibble. <laughs> a little tug of war yeah. on the suture. <laughs> so what are, what are the anaesthetic considerations? So in terms of the anaesthetic considerations, 
I massively love the quad protocol. The quad protocol um, is what it says really, it's a four pronged um, anaesthetic protocol. You're using midazolam, you're using metatomidine, we're using ketamine and we're using buprenorphine. So it's really good for analgesia. Like I say, the midazolam um, makes them wake up with the munchies, which is really helpful. Um, in terms of if you need to intubate or if you don't, Generally, we at Cats Protection recommend that the female cats are intubated for um, their neutering procedure and often they can just be maintained on the oxygen, but obviously if you need to, you can then just top them up with a little bit of um, gaseous anaesthesia. Um, in terms of, because obviously we've got ketamine on board and metomidine, if, you, if we're going to reverse them, which generally we do recommend you do because we need to get them sort of awake and eating really, we do recommend that at least 20 minutes elapses before you do do that reversing um, just so that we're making that recovery process as smooth as possible. It is worth highlighting that if you're not familiar with the quad protocol, I personally would say give it a go, see how you get on. But if you don't feel comfortable, you can um, adjust the triple procedure and just lower the dose down a little bit as well. Yeah, and I believe there's actually an app for it as well, isn't it? <laughs> yes, there's a very handy app. Um, <laughs> if you just need um, to quickly work out your doses instead of you know sitting there with a calculator for a while, then there's a downloadable app um, which you just put your little figures in and then it tells you what to draw yeah, around, I've looked is. at it and even I can understand it which you know <laughs> <laughs> definitely worth mentioning so again well you know it, it should be available I think on the kind website but again we'll yeah. make sure the link is available so you can find it quite easily as well yeah. so listen is there anything else you want to you feel needs to be added to this I just can't emphasize enough how amazing it is and I think as well if you're new to the the world of um, surgery and spaying um, then I think it's a, actually a really positive place to start when you know that you're going to go in and you're probably going to be able to just pluck out the uterus rather than yeah, <laughs> having to dig, having to dig around, which can be quite stressful if you're yeah, really you're like, oh my goodness, I can't find yeah. it. So I really would encourage um, you guys to do it. And the vet nurses out there, I'd say don't be afraid of the anaesthetic. Um, it will honestly be fine. And it's a much shorter anaesthetic as well because your surgeon... Um, will just be able to do the operation a lot quicker so don't be afraid of it it is amazing and if you've got any concerns or questions then you can always contact us and we'll try and absolutely yeah i think you. we've got plenty of resources and manpower as well yeah. i think the other really exciting thing is to see that more and more universities are doing this as well now and yeah. really promoting it isn't it so even just having a quote here from liverpool university they're basically saying that the cpcg has done a fantastic job in highlighting the topic of feline prepubertal neutering especially through their current website and this has helped to educate cat owners and has also helped to educate the next generation of veterinary surgeons all of our students are now taught the importance of prepubertal neutering while on their clinic rotations, which I find really encouraging, isn't it? Yep, and the RVC are quoted saying, here at the RVC, our final year students are regularly getting involved in carrying out prebutical neuters and always comment on, on the ease of the surgery and quick recovery that younger cats have. We are big fans of the quad too. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So at Nottingham, they say, as a school, we fully support the work of the CPCG, which focuses on cat neutering with the aim of reducing the numbers of cats that need rescuing, which is great to know. Yeah. And finally, um, those at Bristol say, we fully support the important work of the CPCG. The CPCG 
plays a hugely important role in the education of vets and owners on the advantages of kit and neutering and provides key tools to allow veterinary surgeons to embark on kit and neutering with confidence. Brilliant. I know also Glasgow are doing it earlier as well. I spoke to somebody recently, but I don't think we've got an official quote yet, but no. I know they are fully on board because we do a lot of student sessions with them. So I think that kind of wraps up what we had to say about kit neutering. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that No, I think that covers it. I think <laughs> we could probably carry on for hours and hours, but I don't think people have got that much time on their hands. Right? We don't want to just keep hearing you say, I love this. <laughs> So thanks so much for joining me, Lucinda. It was really great to have you chat more about this. And um, yeah, I look forward to our next episode of the next podcast. Yes, definitely. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Bye.